0: A beginning yoga student asked me the other day, what style of yoga should I do? You know, I love beginners. They make me a better teacher every day because they come with honest, authentic questions, total blank slate, and you really become just a better version of yourself, a teacher and a student working with beginners. And it's a great question with so many things flooded on the market and saturated, where do you begin? We have to back up a little bit and realize yoga has many limbs of lineage. Just like you can be taught first grade math several different ways, yoga is the same way. There are many styles, traditions, lineages from teachers that were passed down And, of course, some of those have made it to the West, probably not in the purest form, but I think we've done a pretty good job for a very young market in the United States of, you know, at least understanding the basis of yoga. I think we have a really long way to go to perfect it and really harness the essence of it in the West. But nonetheless, we do have some really wonderful teachers that trained straight from master teachers in India depending on the lineage of your yoga teacher, will greatly influence their style of yoga. Fast forward to the West. Let's talk about the most popular styles of yoga in the Western part of the world today. I'm sure I will not cover every style of yoga. It's an exploding, filled, billion-dollar industry now, extremely popular. But I'll just kind of talk in general overview of terms and styles and where to begin maybe that'll help you choose the style for you for me personally I love them all the longer I'm in the field the deeper understanding I have of the styles so I know what style I need when and that is very useful when starting a yoga practice I wish I would have known that years ago the most popular form of yoga in the west is something we would call vinyasa yoga power yoga, flow yoga, hot yoga, all of these terms, Asanga yoga, all very popular. And the thing they have in common is they are an active form of yoga, so more like exercise. I think some people believe you walk into a yoga room and it's just stretching. It really is not just stretching. There's a lot going on at the deeper level of biomechanics and loading your muscles for strengthening, mobility, flexibility, all of that is involved. Yoga can be quite challenging depending on the style you choose. And by challenging, I, in the context of this podcast at the moment, I'm talking about physically challenging. In other words, go take your first yoga class and you might be surprised if you sweat, how hard you worked, and it was quite a challenge, which is a beautiful thing, especially in today's environment where we sit a lot. Our lifestyle consists of sitting, lounging, not a lot of physical activity, and we need to sweat and move, and that's really beautiful. I do want to comment on hot yoga and what that means. First of all, hot yoga means like several things anymore in today's world it's not just a certain temperature so you really need to check with the studio on their website or word of mouth whatever you can to find out the temperature for example Bikram yoga is well over a hundred degrees when you practice Bikram other studios hover around 95 some studios 88 other studios 90 degrees they also can range in humidity depending on where you practice. So these are all important things to know. And a lot of people really do enjoy the heat. It warms their muscles. They like to sweat. Remember our skin is our largest organ and sweating is a good release of toxins. And let's face it, it feels good to sweat and know you've accomplished something. It's very rewarding. Like many of us, most of us start yoga with the mindset of exercise, fitness. That's how I began yoga 20 years ago. Kind of a funny story, though. A few years into it, well I don't even think that long, maybe six months to a year into it, I realized yoga was so much more than physical poses and postures. And the more I opened up to the curiosity, the mystery, the intimacy of yoga and the ancient teachings the more yoga had its way with me it's kinda like it found me it saved me it opened my eyes to a whole new world a whole new way of being but I'm very thankful in my first years I had a strong physical practice it gave me a great foundation to begin my journey it also helped with purifying my body my mind I cleaned up my diet started making better choices and it's just been an evolving path ever since that I'm just very grateful for. When someone is talking about a flow class, what that means is most likely you will perform what's called a sun salutation. Sun salutations include a downward facing dog, you may have heard of this pose or seen a picture on the internet. We also do a plank pose a low plank pose that looks like a military push-up, very challenging, upward-facing dog, and a tadasana, a standing mountain pose. And these are in sequence. You practice each pose with your breath. And when you do a few of these, they become rigorous, heating, very motivating. There's an upward rise of energy, very stimulating help you flesh out your day, kind of shake out the stress, the frenetic energy. Really, really powerful and therapeutic for all these conditions like anxiety, depression. Very useful. If you can get through a sun salutation, you can get through almost any yoga class. It's very challenging. But if you're properly trained with modifications, it really can be accessible to almost anybody. And like I said, this is where most people start. This is what is most popular in the West. Just there's a huge market for it. And I think we are very attracted to it because we need to move. We really miss moving. And nothing wrong with that. Great place to start. I'm so thankful for that practice. Another big category from one of the traditions is called Hatha Yoga. Very similar to the flow except we have a little less flow and more of a standing series of poses with static, longer holds. They're very similar, just a tad bit different here and there. The longer holds can be very challenging. They challenge the stillness of the mind. They challenge strength, stability. A very powerful practice. And a lot of my teachers come from that lineage. And you might see this disguised as you know, Beginner yoga, gentle yoga, or hatha yoga just alone might be there. Definitely something to check out. It's kind of funny, though, today you see a, a blend. Yoga is changing so fast. You'll see some overlap between flow and, and hatha yoga, which is okay. Then we have restorative yoga. One of my favorites, so delicious. I wish I would have found this much earlier in my life. Here's the funny thing, though. There's a myth that restorative yoga is for broken people, sick people, injuries, uh, very sick, ill. It's not the case. Restorative yoga is very good for everyone. I'm certified with Judith Lassiter in restorative yoga. Absolutely love her, love her teachings. And the practice. She trained with Iyengar. She is highly skilled. She's also a physical therapist. I've learned a lot along the years. These poses involve long holds. You could be in one restorative pose for up to 20 minutes. As little as four to five minutes. This involves props like bolsters, blocks, yoga blankets, chairs. It's very comfortable and I always say with restorative yoga you're looking for a neutral sensation. You're not looking to feel a stretch or a strengthening like we would in the vinyasa or the hatha. You're, you're actually looking for sensation. In restorative, you're looking for neutral, almost like you're floating in a cloud. You want to feel very supported, so comfortable that you don't want to come out. As a matter of fact, if you're coming out early, you're not comfortable enough in the pose. I really use restorative yoga for rest I think we all need restorative yoga, no matter how active you are, whether you're a gym rat, a dancer, a yoga obsessed lover, a beginning yoga student, we all need restorative yoga. We should all be taking a 20 minute shavasana every day. Think of how different the world would be if we were all rested. When we are rested, we're less stressed, we make better decisions, we're less combative and defensive and confrontational, we're just more at peace and more centered love this style of yoga i actually have had great success when going through adrenal fatigue or sickness illness if i will do more restorative and back off the flow and power yoga gives my adrenals some rest Uh, i feel better sleep better really really helpful especially during stressful times of your life but i think we all should try it it's wonderful but say you're coming to yoga pretty broken, this is a great place to start. Start with restorative yoga. But I do want to say, even if you're coming to yoga very strong and you're an athlete, you really need restorative yoga as well to be the complement or opposite of of everything else you're doing to your body, to have that natural balance, harmony, and homeostasis. Another category that's worth mentioning is called yin yoga. Again, these are longer holds, anywhere from three to five, seven minutes. In yin yoga, you are looking for sensation again. Not like the restorative yoga and more of a neutral. In yin, you're looking for sensation. Very different from the vinyasa flow class because these poses are held longer. Not a huge use of props, maybe some, but not a huge use. And you're really training your mind your soul, even your physical tissues to let go. Yin is very unique. If you stay in a yin-supported seated forward fold for a long time, you may come out of that pose and feel a temporary sensation of vulnerability and fragility, just kind of fragile, like, oh, I just really got into something that's very new, very different. That is very normal for a yin practice, kind of that temporary vulnerability, like, what did I just do? Beautiful practice. You're not going to be in a heart-pumping cardio flow, but you're nourishing connective tissue, fascia, ligaments, tendons, bones. The mental aspect is incredibly valuable. And I practice a lot with a blend of yin. I might flow for 20 minutes and then do 20 minutes of yin. Longer holds so I can really settle in, center, go a little deeper, quiet my mind, and turn inwards the best I can. There are many other styles and lineages. I'm just highlighting the mainstream ones to help you have a better understanding And the biggest myth I really want to debunk is you have to pick one style and that's all you do. I love all of yoga for many reasons. And if you just learn a little bit about it, experience it, you'll see the intention and place in your life for each of them. And I've had some people that You know, they're in great spaces and seasons of their life where they can really push hard and they might only do vinyasa for two or three, four or five years before they even open up to something else. I've had other students that really start with more restorative and then move into a more vinyasa. There's no right or wrong way to do this. They just serve different purposes. They have a little bit different feeling, vibe, and end result, but in the end, All yoga is just wonderful for you. Absolutely wonderful. You will receive immense benefits by having a consistent practice. And like anything, it only works if you do it. What you put into it is what you get out of it. And time well spent. I've never had anyone walk out of a class and regretted making time for the yoga class. It really is a, a magical experience and a wonderful lifestyle to choose. What's next? The next step is do some yoga. You can check out our online studio. We have a day pass for $5.99, a monthly pass for $19.99. Several classes to experience, including restorative yin, vinyasa, everything I have covered here today. And you can hop on anytime, do that. There's also some courses to take you even to deeper studies of yoga, other aspects of yoga, all of that fabulous stuff. We would love to have you online. I will have the links in the description to this recording. My wish for you is just to love yoga, experience yoga, and reach your fullest potential through yoga. Namaste, yogis.